This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, I'm your host, Special Mikey, along with me is Super Vegan Brian. That was nicely done, Michael. I've been playing around with different, different introductions when I do the hosting on the off weeks, and you are so much better at it than I am. <laughs> oh, were you, were, are you, I get the feeling you're sad uh, on the days I'm not here. Oh my gosh, I am. Last, last time I was like, hey everybody, it's Nerd Podcast Radio. Hi everybody, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, I'm Brian, this is, this is the show. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I know I said Brian, but that, that's that's my thought. If Erica was the host for a for a day, oh my god! <laughs> oh, you're punishing her for not being here. Just a oh. little. But hey, I, you know, um, life is life. I before we introduce our guests, I do want to bring up that I watched We Bear Bears because Erica's been pushing it so hard on the podcast. And I found out why she likes the show so so much because she is a character that's on it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to watch the show and look for the character Chloe. I know exactly who that is because I do like Blue Bear Bears. And you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, that's Erica. (laughs) Yep, they got the height right too. (laughs) Oh, first. (laughs) Oh man, you know they. Oh man, that's great. Um, yeah, I do like that show. It's a very good show. You know, they did a they made they did a Power Ranger spoof episode with Jason David Frank. Oh wow! I've only watched two episodes. I watched the Science Fair episode and the YouTube episode. Those are very oh the YouTube episode is one of my favorite ones. It's pretty accurate. Um, Erica, see, Erica and I have a family account on YouTube, and um, she purchased like the last few seasons. So I watched yeah. some of the later episodes. I didn't watch any of the earlier ones. Oh, I yeah, watched well, the um, episode with the bear scientist. That's a good one. But no, yeah, uh, the one with Jason David Frank's is very new. I, I think it's like I think it came out like beginning of January. Yeah, it's a fun one because they have episodes where they're still where they're still uh, bear cubs. Well, we're not just going to talk and let our mysterious guest just sit in the background waiting for us <laughs> to introduce her. That's right. Let's bring let's bring him on down. Bring him on out. Come on, step up behind the curtain. Open up the gates. Let's go, everybody. It's everybody's favorite fantasy cartographer, Anna Meyer. Oh, hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so how are you doing, Anna? Oh, good. I just slept in a little bit, so but I managed to get a little bit of food before the, we started. So yeah, I'm good. Well, that's um, good. To, that's actually good to know. I enjoyed my pro my protein drink. So here we go. For mm-hmm. listeners who don't know who you are, 
Uh, I'm Anna B. Meyer, and I do fantasy photography and photography and a whole bunch of other stuff too. But what I'm mostly famous in these circles are for, for my mapping, my map Greyhawk, Midgard, and a bunch of other stuff too. I am going to have purring on my microphone because there is a cat that refuses to get off my lap. Um, this is our our, four, our, our second guest. Um, listeners will know Momo as the disruptive cat that destroys the podcast. Yeah, I have a, a doggy that it's kind of can make a lot of fuss here too, but she seems to be calm for the moment. Well, I, I usually have a child that comes in that wants to say hi, but she's mm-hmm. watching Horton Hears a Who right now. We all have our children that disrupt the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Four legs, two legs. They come in very many varieties. So whenever we have Anna on, we always, you know, I I try to think, like we all discuss, it's like, what are we going to talk about? What's our topic going to be? Are we going to talk about, because we try to make our topics around the interests of our listeners. And with Anna, we got a lot. We got, we could talk about airplanes. We could talk about. Um, anything to do with airplanes, jets. I mean, we're, we can do a drone <laughs> episode. Um, but um, we, but since Anna works within the fantasy RPG world, we try to usually make it an RPG-related topic, and we're going to talk about tabletop role-playing games. And I think, Anna, were you on our first tabletop? No, you weren't on our first tabletop role-playing game discussion. You came on, and we did a GM discussion about tabletop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're we're bringing it back because it's been a couple years since we've done tabletop role playing game. Oh my god, this cat! Get down. <laughs> <laughs> we all um, have our children. Yeah. Oh, she's back. Um, you're about to get locked <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah, I know you're being lovey dovey and you shouldn't be punished for it. But you need to you need to stop. <laughs> oh man, I really I really hope Heather heard that. She'd be like, oh man, I don't want to get locked in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're going to talk about tabletop role-playing games this morning, but first... But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdier With You, where your hosts and guests sit down and talk about the nerdiest thing they've done, and then we turn around and vote on it. Oh, I like your new intro for that. You, you It sounds like you've been thinking about that. A little bit. Yeah. See, these are the things that keep me up at night. Some people have existential crises about, you know, how are they going to survive their 401ks, the heat death of the universe. Me, it's like, how am I going to say the game intro better? So, Anna, since we record every two weeks now, we don't just do the nerdiest thing we did this last week. We do the nerdiest thing we've did recently. So you have a lot more open area to share nerdy things. Yeah. What was nerdy with you? Uh, actually, what, what the nerdiest thing I've done in at least the, the last month or so is I actually did yesterday, and I went down to Irvine to my friend and kind of colleague, uh, Brian Suskind, uh, to work on some secret Cobalt Press projects that's coming up and, and so one day, and he has a game room that you have to go through a secret door in a bookshelf. And then you come into one of these game rooms that every gamer dreams of. Big table, tons of books and board games, miniatures and dragon heads on the walls and everything. Plus, he has another room adjacent to his game room where his study that is one of these kind of look like a magician's stuff but with a computer on the desk. But all the, the the gamer paraphernalia you can dream of in a room. It's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Dude. yeah. 
Yep. So I'd spend a day there with him and we went over stuff. And, and, and that, was, that was my nerdiest experience for a while. That is so cool. What kind of um, gamer paraphernalia did he have out? Did he have collectibles and stuff? Oh, yeah. Swords and shields and, and, and various other cool things like dice and lights and, and, and like, yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. To me, that is like one of the coolest things in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was very jealous. Yeah. The only thing I could brag about is that I have a cooler computer than he does. But the, but the rest of it is minus <laughs> pale compared to I have nothing compared to him. It was it was awesome. Yep. You have a cooler computer than most people with your yes. your three monitors. And it. I, I don't know. I've, I've seen it. A while back, I have, um, have there been any upgrades? Now. Oh, oh yeah, I have, I have a Wacom uh, Cintiq monitor that lays flat on the that I can draw on as well. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. wicked. Cool. But but the, the but Brian Suskin's uh, game room and his office were absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well, you get bonus points for mentioning your computer. You slip <laughs> that in there. Yeah. I have to kind of I have to kind of pretend that I'm I'm nerdy <laughs> compared to others. Oh, pretend. <laughs> um, it, if you want to hear Anna be nerdy, go to an air show with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll go to a role playing game convention. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that your knowledge of the things you have knowledge about is so deep that. You are one of the nerdiest people we know, and I'm proud to say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of. I. I. am kind of very nerdy. I love to to know my topic, so to speak. If you ask me about sports, I'm. I'm clueless, and and a lot of other stuff, I'm completely clueless. But the things I'm interested in, I try to know as much as possible. So, um, what's nerdy with myself? Oh wait, wait, Brian, what's oh, nerdy with you? Thank you, Michael. I was waiting. <laughs> I was giving you some time there. Yeah, I was I was sitting there. I was like, oh wait, no, he's just jumping right there. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> um, okay, so I have been so involved with podcast stuff lately that I have to share a podcast thing. Um, I am trying to learn how to be funny on Twitter. I know that I'm not going to just jump and all of a sudden be funny, but I'm trying to get our social media going. So I'm trying to post more things, and a lot of these have to do with retweets. But I. Wanted to be one of these people who post jokes on Twitter. So I decided the only way to do that is to do it badly at first, right? Because anything you start, you start badly and then you practice. Yes. <laughs> so I spent some time brainstorming about ways to be funny on Twitter. I started something new and I'm going to work on more. Um, I came up with a tweet series called hashtag tweets from an alternate universe. And I'm posting them from the nerd podcast radio page. <laughs> Um, some samples of tweets from an alternate universe. I'm going to just search the hashtag now. I wasn't prepared. So, um, the first one. Okay, here we go. Sam and Dean save the day in infinity gauntlet end game. Hashtag tweets from an alternate universe. <laughs> oh, do you get that one, Anna? No, but I, I think just because I don't get it, it's it's kind of. I think it's kind of funny that I don't get it because that proves that I'm I'm kind of I'm not up for the joke. So it, it's that, a reference to the television show Supernatural. Yeah, which I've heard of because my husband watches it. But oh, okay. I, yeah, or at least did used to. So I I know about the show, but I don't think I've seen more than a quarter of an episode or something. The show's been running for fourteen years. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. Um. Uh, next tweet, 
Tom Selleck wins third Oscar for Indiana Jones 7. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that universe Magnum P.I. got canceled early. Yep. Um, we got the third one. Um, it's so great that Facebook reviews all news with an expert team of fact finders before they allow it posted. Facebook is the most unbiased news site. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, that's, a little oh, that's good. With that one. Um, Vampire Diaries finale was amazing. Sam and Dean crossing over to kill everyone was a great twist. <laughs> that one I didn't get at all. Yeah, that was another supernatural reference. Mm -hmm. And Vampire Diaries reference. Okay. Um, I and got then it. The last one. Yes, my Amazon drone came. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good too. Well, yeah. They're not hilarious. They're not great, but I'm nope. giving myself permission to post anything mm -hmm. to try to get funnier on Twitter. And yep. we'll see. I'm doing these once a day and we'll see what it's like in a few months and then what it's like in a year. And then if I get better or if I just perpetually post unfunny tweets, but I'm trying and I'm going to consult with one of the funniest people on Twitter, Brent Bowser, um, who is one of our reoccurring guests to ask for help at some point. But I wanted to start on my own and then we'll we'll see about posting more content. I've posted things that were funny in the past and one of the biggest tips I found for being funny is keeping a notebook and keeping track of ideas you have during the day. Yeah. So, I'm doing that as well. But yes, that's my nerdy thing. I'm working on being funny on Twitter. Uh Michael, what was nerdy with you? Well, let's see here. There's so much that has happened to me. But no, um uh Mine actually happened recently, too. Uh, just what I say, I did something for me. It's nerdy for me, but it's something that I've I've never done before until just about yesterday. I went to the movies twice in one day. For me, that's nerdy because I've never done that before. That, it's awesome. Yeah. So what did you <laughs> what see? What did you see? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and it was there was a lot of dead silence there for a second. Like, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we were waiting for, for the. I wanted the, you guys to ask me. <laughs> No, uh, I went in the morning and I went and saw the the new uh, uh, movie Glass, the M Night Shyamalan movie. I went and saw that, which I I think it was the critics are tearing it apart, but I thought it was a very good movie. Um, and then later on in the day, we went back and we saw the 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 romantic comedy isn't that romantic, which is funny because it has a lot of spoofs on a lot of romantic comedy movies. And it was um, it has the girl from the movie uh, Pitch Perfect in it. Um, her real name's uh, Rebel Wilson. Yeah, it's um, it's about a girl who gets trapped in a universe that the universe follows the rules of romantic comedies. Oh, yeah, she yeah. gets hit on the head. Yeah, she gets something. hit on. She's told her entire life that like romantic comedies are crap and like her life will never be like good like it is in those movies and then she hits her head and wakes up and she's in the romantic comedy universe and she has to follow the rules in order to get back home and it it's pretty funny because there's a lot of spoofs that they do for famous romantic comedies they like they make fun of how harry met sally you know the the food scene and things like that yeah and She's it's funny because at one point she's trying to cuss. She's like, I'm trapped in it. And like every time she tries to cuss, it like uh, something a noise comes up and blocks it. She goes, <laughs> My life's a, a romantic comedy and it's PG 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so it, it's it's funny. And she, at one point, she tries to to have sex with a guy, and every time she ju- tries to jump his bones, she just wakes back up in the morning. Like she just keeps waking up in the morning, and like, uh, and she's like, "I don't think we actually did anything." <laughs> so and then and then she goes into work and like, "Yeah, you've been gone all week." It's 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 not it's not just starting the day over. It's going it's going immediately to the next day. That that sounds that sounds like a really cool movie plot for yeah. for a romantic comedy. Yeah. It was the plot was really fun, yeah. and the message they put through at the end uh, was actually a little bit deeper than I thought it would be. So I don't know if you guys want to just go ahead and hear it, or if you want to like save it for spoilers. But why don't we save it for spoilers? Because it just came out. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, about. and that's why, yeah, that's why I sounds, just blurred it. I know Heather and I both really like Rebel Wilson, so we'll probably see that. You you guys will dig it. Yeah, now I now I want to see the movie because now I got intrigued. Yep. Mm-hmm. I um I I want Anna. I fully recommend the Pitch Perfect movies. They're actually surprisingly good. <laughs> I didn't expect them to be good, and they were really good. But I like movies with singing. I don't know if that's you. Nope, that's not me. Yeah. Occasionally, oh. I can like it if it's really supposed to be part of it. But if it's there just to to be a put it in a genre or something, so no, I, I, that usually puts me off. I'm not much of a musical person, I guess. Oh, it's, it has a purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a movie about a cappella groups in college. Oh, then I can totally get. Yeah, then it's yeah, it's if, not it's, just a musical. Yeah, yeah exactly. When, if, it's, if it's would be part of the story, then I think it's perfectly appropriate. You know, when I first saw the first Pitch Perfect, like as it's starting and the you know the a cappella group is singing, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be like some kind of chick flick, and the music's not gonna be all that great, and it's gonna be like all this girly <laughs> stuff. And then there's I I don't because you if you're gonna watch, it, I don't want to like ruin the moment, but the moment this a uh, certain thing happens, I was like, nope, we're gonna enjoy this. Like, cause it just totally turned into this really humorous thing that was, mm-hmm. it, it's good. You'll enjoy it. You should definitely watch it. I agree with Brian. Cool. Um, uh, so we're on to our topic, Mikey. What? You want to give us, vote. oh no, we have to vote. We have I was to like, vote. Don't you want to yeah. vote? <laughs> yeah, this is turning into a routine with me forgetting about voting. And I forgot about the rules, but maybe you changed them. So All right. Up. So we're using the Mike Myler widget system. Mm-hmm. So there's three of us. So we each get four widgets. And then we just spread our widgets out among the group and tell why. So, Anna, um, you shared about visiting Brian Suskin's game room. Mm-hmm. I am trying to be funny on Twitter, and Michael Michael saw two movies and bought a hat. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I must be so uh-huh. selfish that I give myself two points and, and one point each to you guys. I wouldn't call that very selfish. I would call that very, very generous i mean you could give all four to yourself no i don't think so because i i i really i'm i'm struggling with being on social media enough so i can totally understand the effort of 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 putting a posting a a, some joke funny thing on twitter every day is is quite a nerdy thing to do so yep and see two movies a day is something i probably should do more often than i've had done it so yep well i always do Based on how nerdy I think the thing is, and I know Michael, so I know that what he did was nerdy, and I know myself, and I don't <laughs> feel that mine was that nerdy. I kind of feel like it was just work because I was working on podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give two to Anna, um, one and a half to Michael, and a half to myself. Now we're doing halves. I was just going to say, that was a novelty. <laughs> It's never happened before <laughs> oh. because I like to complicate things because we have a friend who's writing a computer program to try to help us um, 
help us calculate this. And I keep on throwing things in that make him yell at the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to hear on this one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Mikey, you have four widgets. Two to each of you, because I love you both equally. And you guys, stuff was both pretty cool. Um, that leaves Michael with two and a half widgets, myself with three and a half widgets, and Anna with a whole bunch of tallies next to her name. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. No, wow. Six. six. I'm counting the it. They're doing like an optical illusion on my monitor. <laughs> so there's six. <laughs> So she still wins with six widgets. Enjoy your widgets, Anna. They will Thank they you. will come by Amazon drone shipped from the mm-hmm. alternate universe. Yes, and announced on Twitter. Yeah, I, I need to do that. Let me see. All right, let's say Uh-oh. Anna <laughs> won all the widgets. Uh oh. All right. I'm just posting that. Yeah, there we go. It's posted on Twitter. <laughs> Good. Um, so now back to the topic. Give us a little intro on that topic, Michael. Can you can you give us your can your a game hosting skills? A game hosting skills. You, you need some a game on this. You need yeah. Some A-game? yeah. I think I can. I think I got this for you. Today we're going to be talking about a nice, fun, quick, awesome chat with Anna Meyer about tabletop RPGs. Why? Because we all love them. How? Well, you know, on the podcast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um what is a tabletop rpg mikey thank you i was actually waiting for that question <laughs> <laughs> tabletop rpgs these you know games you play of course on the tabletop you know most uh it, there's some of the most popular ones you know some of our fans would probably think about would be things like dungeons and dragons or pathfinder but there's plenty more of them out there that just have many different names run on similar systems but that Today we're just gonna talk about you know some of our favorite our our favorite uh, campaign runs, uh, rule styles, things we like to GM with, and maybe even just throw a good homebrew in there. How's that, Brian? Can I can I stop getting hit now? What's a homebrew? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a homebrew game is you're taking you, you take like you you see your whole rule set for something like maybe a fifth edition and you have you see the whole rule set and you don't like how one of them runs so you kind of homebrew a rule into that or you just take a rule set follow the guidelines and brew your own rules and own world completely. Well, I want to throw I want to I want to add a little bit to the introduction because I want to I know that we have listeners who don't really do tabletop RPGs, but they still listen to the episodes where we talk about them. So we're going to be throwing a couple terms of terminology around. We're probably going to use the term PC and NPC, and a lot of people who play video games know what that is. PC is player character, NPC is non-player character. PCs are the characters that the players are playing, and the NPCs are the characters that the GM, the person running the game, controls to create the story. We're also going to use the term campaign a lot, and that's a little bit more complicated. So In a tabletop role-playing game, the campaign is the story, the main story that the players are playing. But it's also a term used to describe the setting. So we're going to use those terms um, kind of interchangeably. So sometimes we'll say, we were playing in this one campaign. When we say that, we're probably talking about the actual story, the, 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 the time period that we were playing. Or we might say, I played in the Ravenloft campaign, then we're talking about a setting. So, you know, I know it's a little confusing, but as role players, we tend to interchangeably throw those terms around. So 
I just wanted to clarify that confusion. Probably confuse people more. That work? I guarantee there's at least one person going, the fuck? <laughs> I I know when I was a kid, I had a lot of trouble understanding the whole campaign term. And it's, and it's thrown around. It's used for setting and the story interchangeably. I think when it comes down to like publisher descriptions, they use the term campaign to describe the time period, like the, the main overarching story. And then they use setting to describe where that campaign is being run. We will try to do it that way, but we'll probably forget and just say and use campaign quite a bit. Most likely. Most likely. So um, why don't you start us with our first bullet point and we'll start with Anna. Okay. Uh, what do you love about tabletop RPGs, Anna? I love, Let's make this a dynamic discussion where we all. Yeah, uh, I think one the, the 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 best feature of role playing games, I think, are the fact that you play them cooperatively. It's not competitive play. It's you play together with your friends to accomplish a common goal. I think that's that's the best feature of it's not competitive at all. You don't make enemies. You make friends when you play role playing games. Usually, I love that. It's such a social thing. I mm-hmm. I have made some enemies playing tabletop oh, yeah. RPGs. Yeah, but you make way more friends. <laughs> way more friends than you make people. It's yeah. true. Yeah. That, yeah. that, I think, is the, the best feature of role-playing games. There are many good features, but the best one, I think, is that it's non-competitive. It's it's a cooperative game. Do you yeah. have long-term friends you made through playing games? Oh, yes. I made long... And you guys are an example of that. And That's what I'm, I say. Yeah, yeah. Anna. <laughs> I've, I've made lots of, of friends in many different countries thanks to role-playing games. And, I, and yeah. I set that up because Anna and I met playing tabletop role-playing games yep mm-hmm. yep i'll never forget it we were we were playing pathfinder organized play at a game shop and anna walked up and she was like i'm very interested in getting into this and she handed out her business card to everybody it was very formal <laughs> yep mm-hmm. and then you started showing up and play and we all fell in love with you right away oh that was that worked both ways it was fantastic so much fun it was very nice because i think it was I think my very first game day, I, as I, I met you, you were at the game day, and I was just like, "She is cool." And then as we're driving, I rode with Brian, and as we're driving away, he goes, "Yeah, she was like in the military in another country." And I went, "What?" He goes, "Oh yeah, she had like she has like experience with like jets and jumping out of planes." I was like, "Oh, she got so cool." You're gonna make Anna blush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, she is so cool. And then, like, we met you again later, and then you started talking about your experience. I think that was the first time you told me about um, uh, the mishap you had with your parachute on one of your jumps. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're like, oh, you're even cooler. You got metal in you? No, not no, not anymore. I used to have it. Now it's just a scar. Yep. Uh, but it's still cool. Yep. No, it's just a scar. That's it. We we can we can we can do you know what we'll do if Anna's willing, we can go into some of her her cool stories in the Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, we could do some of that then. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. Oh completely. So but yeah, that is great. And I agree with you, Anna. And he helps make friends, it's cooperative. But uh, I, I'm kind of curious to know now, Brian, uh, what do you like so much about tabletop RPGs? I love being able to live in an imaginary world. I, f- I think it's like reading and um, writing a book at the same time and 
having to picture everything in your head. I, I remember the first time I played Dungeons and Dragons and I immediately thought, this is the best. I just, it was just when we didn't have any maps or figurines or anything, it was all theater of the mind. And I was like, wow, we literally just play pretend for, for five hours. This is great. (laughs) I thought it was the best thing ever. And I've never stopped. I just, I think that getting to play pretend is one of the best things you can do. I love, I love tabletop RPGs. I love the fact that we get to play pretend. I, um, I love making characters. It's one of my favorite things. And um, Heather groaned behind me because that's her least favorite thing about the game. Because <laughs> there's a lot of rules. Um, I um, like um, just exploring worlds and creating stories as a GM or as a player. I love creating a character and kind of getting to live inside someone else for a while. It's just a wonderful experience. And I, I don't think of it as escapism. I call, I think it's more like expanding my own universe into something else. Did I just no, knock you, everybody I, out of their it's No, my, I couldn't get my, I couldn't get my thing to unmute. No, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's I, it, I the, the social collective es- escapism or, or kind of daydreaming with rules. It's, it's fantastic. Structured daydreaming. It's, it's wonderful. Social collective escapism. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's we all get together and we get to live in another world for a while, inhabiting other people. Um, And when the dead gentleman did the movie, The Gamers. Oh, it's awesome. I love that one. They really summed up what it's like. They Mm -hmm. switched back and forth between the characters and the players. And it's really like that. Mm hmm. That's that's what you sh- if you want to tell someone or trying to explain what it is, show them that movie and they get it. So, Mikey, yes. what do you love about tabletop RPGs? Uh, very similar to what you say, you know, you you get to become this other person, inhabit this other person for for a while and experience their world. But for me, it's it's being able to explore the thought of uh, possibly being somebody who you you would like to be. You know, because in a lot of experiences, you know, you make characters on aspects of yourself that you would let you would like to see strong, uh, be better or stronger. For me, it's it's really trying to it's exploring uh, you what's under the skin because your care of how you make your characters and real and just really exercising your imagination because there's so little things in this world that exercise your imagination anymore. And like tabletop RPGs, just push your imagination to the nth degree as you're playing and and work your brain. And to me, that's it's great. All right, so let me let me um, piece this to piece Mikey together from the perspective of characters I've seen him play. So Mikey would like to be a <laughs> cowboy. Okay, yeah. Um, and but like a gunslinger cowboy from the movies. Close and to yeah. He would, and he wants to be John Wayne too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Mikey would like to be an alcoholic dwarf that inspires his friends in battle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that character so much. Yes. And Mikey would like to be a female samurai that's trying to prove her honor. Ooh. <laughs> Mikey wants to be us. Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> oh, if my horse could talk, you would definitely sound like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I know I culture mashup there, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was funny. It was funny. Oh, man. 
I um I, I am kind of curious. I want to take this love about RPGs a little bit further. Um, Anna, on the podcast, have we ever asked you how you got into into um uh, RPGs? Oh, I where? think I've told it the very first time I came around, but I started playing role-playing games in the, I think it was the winter between 79 and 80 back in Sweden. And, and it was, it was simply a friend of a friend who had been studied in America had got a, a copy of somehow from someone who'd been studying in America for, for a semester or a year had got a, we got a Xerox copy, a friend of a friend had got a Xerox copy and one set of dice and a friend of my brother's had, he came around and he, um, he actually um, wanted needed players for for the session for something that was called Dungeons and Dragons, and I had no clue. I I wasn't into fantasy. I never read The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or any of that stuff. I knew what a dragon was, but I didn't know about elves and dwarves and hobbits and stuff like that. Nothing, no idea. And they simply said, "We need a player to." fill up the game table and we started playing and, and it was like yeah and I think I died I, I've, I've re- I don't really remember much of the first session because it was kind of crappy and so on but then the second they said well we're going to play tomorrow again or maybe it was two days later or something I was 15 and and then then the second time we had another guy that that played as a DM one in the group and then all of a sudden things fell apart because it f- fell in place because he was an awesome DM and all of a sudden, I realized about two hours into the session, the, the potential for this. I realized this is so cool. And, and then I was hooked and from the second, second game session. And, and then I started reading Lord of the Rings, like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And, and, and I started playing regularly and I've been doing it ever since. So RPGs actually led you into fantasy. Yes. Yeah, That's probably interesting. One of the it first... was the other way around for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I... Um, Mikey, what about you? Did you did you do fantasy first and then RPGs, or did you do RPGs first? Uh, I did a fantasy first. Um, I hadn't, but I, I didn't read the Lord of the Rings till after I played Pathfinder. I had actually only ever watched the Lord of the Rings movies and then you know the and the original cartoon ones too back back in the day. So I had um. So yeah, it's fantasy, but I had read, I had read and and watched a lot of fantasy besides that before I my first time playing a tabletop RPG. What was the first thing I my the first thing I remember for fantasy that I remember watching was like that got me into it was uh, actually Willow. I I think that's what about me was was it Willow? Yeah, it, yeah, it was Willow. Willow was my first fantasy movie. Have you ever seen Willow, Anna? Oh, yes, I saw it. But then I already started gaming when that one came out. Yeah, that's true. It would have. Huh? I think it was early. It must have been early 80s. But I haven't gamed for long. But but it was, yes. Yeah, so, so let's see. We can find out when when Willow. I think um, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I think I may have seen the animated Hobbit before I saw Willow. But it was, you know, that was all around the same time. I know it was kind of like Willow, the animated Hobbit, and then Legend. Yeah. Legend was a big one for me. Yeah, Willow came out in 1988. So then I've been playing it for a few years. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Legend. I watched Legend when I was. Oh, L- Legend was fantastic. L- yeah. yeah, I I loved it. It was great, but I didn't watch it till I was in high school, and I was like, Jesus. I understand that um, the director's cut is much better, and I've been I just heard about it recently. I didn't even know there was one. Um, it has um, they took out the 
the synth score and replaced it with a Jerry Goldsmith score. I guess Goldsmith had done the score first and they uh-huh. didn't they thought it wouldn't be good for modern audiences, but the score uh-huh. is perfect and they replaced it with more of an 80s score. Okay. Yeah. I love so I the, the demon or, or or devil of that that the scene in legend that way. Oh, it's fantastic. Darkness. Yes. Yeah. Darkness. I, I I heard that the um the American cut isn't as good as the European cut. I understand the European cut of that movie is much better. I haven't seen I've only seen the European cut, I think. So so it was a long, elaborate scene with the demon and, and it was fantastic. I, oh. I, I love that movie. I think it's mm-hmm. it's one of the best. It, yeah. And you can't even picture Tom Cruise playing fantasy anymore. No, you no. can't, but he was young and inexperienced enough to do it back then. Huh. You know what? I I can't think of anything else that he would have done that would be considered remotely fantasy after Legend. No, I think he became too self-conscious after Top Gun. Yeah. So I am I am by impulse trying to take over this this next bullet, Michael. But I'm going to let go of my control freakness and just let the host do it. So what's our next bullet? <laughs> I love when you when you actually want us to want me to I'm, stick to this. It's hilarious. I'm trying so hard. I I'm so bad well, when it comes okay. to just taking over and doing the structure. And in Eric is right. We're supposed to be organic, and I'm trying to be organic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. I, I know it's hard, but you know we'll get through this. It's all right. But I do have to. But I I do have to say, you know, uh, uh, many people do with tabletop RPGs. They don't just play a lot of people take over jamming or game mastering and you know you know playing like between playing and jamming how how do you, how do they differ for you guys besides the obvious one uh anna how how would you say the playing for, for and jamming me, would differ for you for for the weird thing is that that as a as a gm I, I i love different game styles when i'm running games or when i'm playing as as a player when i'm running games i want sandbox for me it's about world building about living in a world and 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 kind of depicting the world and the players should go around and and messing up the world or or or, or kind of change it and and it becomes kind of a, a cooperative story about telling the world but when i'm a player i'm 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 much more. I'm, I have no problem with canned campaigns that much. It's it's like when run adventure paths and stuff. It's then it's more about the 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 kind of the storytelling at the table and the 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 jokes and 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 stuff like that. So I emphasize two different things when I'm running games. So I probably wouldn't like to be a player in my own campaigns that much, in in some weird way. It's it's so I'm so happy that someone wants to play with me when I'm when I'm running games. Because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my way of running it is probably seems to be awesome fun for one third of the players and 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 awfully boring for a lot of others. Well, you kind of let the players do whatever the heck they want. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, you played with me, so yeah, you I did. played in my campaigns. Yep, and I died in your campaign. Oh yes, yep. <laughs> they can be they can be ruthlessly lethal too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because what's supposed to be there is going to be there. Yes. Oh wow. But yeah, the- you know what's you know what you know how you know Anna did a good job because I remember my character in that game like perfectly. I could like play her again. It was yeah. such a great game. I played Varga, the halfling rogue, mm-hmm. and I can I convinced the um I convinced the um 
the elf that I laid an egg inside his backpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. Well, um, what about you, Brian? You know, like when it comes to to playing and jamming, like how do you find your big differences on it? If I can find a good game, I like to play better. But honestly, I can't find games that often, so I I end up GMing. I, I think that's the dilemma with a lot of players. It's like you can't find players that are willing to run the game, so you end up running the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love organized play for that reason. So you can play and GM as much as you want. You know, they need GMs, but there's plenty of opportunities to play. So if I really, really want to play, I can find a game pretty easily. Um, and if I really, really want a GM, I can find a, an organizer that's willing to have me on GM. Um, I think the big difference is, is that when you're GMing, you're supposed to be facilitating the story. You're, you're running the game and you're, you're encouraging your players to have fun. And you can't just be the center of attention. You can't have the action. That's the player's job. So a lot of GMs run into the dilemma of you know, wanting to put the focus on their creation when really the focus is on the players. So if you really want to be involved in the action and to be the be the main character, you got to play. And, you know, if you're only GMing, you don't you don't get that all the time. So it's it's good to do both. I mean, the the best GMs are the ones that play all the time and the best. um, And I think the best players are the ones that GM on occasion. It helps. It gives you some perspective. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that playing requires a lot less preparation than GMing. Yes. Yeah. That That's the big drawback with, with role-playing games. I was waiting to see when we get into to the bad things about role-playing games. But you can't turn it into a good thing because prepping is what I've turned into a career. So so in a way, so to speak, a part of prepping is doing the maps. That was the part I loved about prepping. But it, it that's the drawback. It requires depending on how efficiently you do it. But it for me, it requires usually more prepping, prep time than it requires play time. Hmm. But it's on, on the other hand, my type of when I run my sandboxy thing, I prep when I have the inspiration to. So it's more like jotting down ideas. That's the person should be there. That's village should be there. That evil cult should be there, etc. And And you kind of put the all these things in there and then you just play with them when the campaign starts when they when the game starts and there's different styles of jamming like there's gms mm-hmm. that don't prep there's yep. gms that don't prep and they're good gms that don't prep there's exactly. bad gms that don't prep but there's also yeah. very good gms that don't mm-hmm. prep it's exactly some gms yep. are just really good at being organized and being and yep. good at improvising yep. um and then there's players who prep i'm one of those i create a backstory for my character when it comes to creating the mechanics of a character i do a lot of theory crafting and usually create higher level versions of my character to try to plan for what i'm gonna do um i try to think about things like what kind of voice is this character gonna have and i don't mean accents i mean like what's this character's voice like how do they command attention in the game yeah so, but I mean, not everyone does that. Some people just come and play their character, and that's fine. That's that's part of the game. Everybody has a different style. I like to kind of dive deep into it. 
Yeah, and also some 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 uh, players don't even try to learn the rules. Like if you have a, play a wizard and and you don't learn the spells and how they function and stuff, so you have to sit and read it through. That can be very tedious as a GM. But so so as a player, you have certain things that I think you should prep. You should understand what you're playing, and you should try and learn the rules that that governs your character class and race and stuff like that, and what you want to do. But that that I think that's part part of it, and some players are are bad at that. And then I've been bad at that at times too. I just like okay, let's play this, and then I just go with it. But it, you, I guess I guess you should. It would be better game for everybody. But it's but to be both be a GM and a player has its kind of beauty, so to speak. To to be a, to run the games is a beauty too. And one of the the rewards of running a game is that you sit and and kind of make something happen at a table that makes people have fun. That's the when when, when people laugh, laugh at the table and make jokes and 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 so on. Then then I'm I'm there, so to speak. Or when they just stare at you like, what the hell is happening next? Come on, come on, give us the next part of the story. Then that's that's awesome. I just love that. Um, what was it like? Um becoming a player and a GM in America uh, with um, English as a second language. That was both weird. It was both easy because I played, we played partially in English because we used the, the, the Dungeons and Dragons book in English. So we had all the terms and we used hit points in our class and, and, and so on and so forth. So, so the difficult bit is when, to to describe things like and portray things like anger and laughter and hatred and and desire and all these kind of emotions and feelings and stuff that are supposed to be and how do you depict evil and stuff in in a game so so you you do it in in a kind of creative way that that makes people engage that's the really hard part because that's i think from having English as a secondary language, that's the hardest bit to learn in in a foreign language. is is the emotional bit, meaning how angry am I? How am I telling a joke? How I make create suspense in in a foreign language? Those things are really really tough. I remember how nervous you are the first time you GM'd organized play. Yeah, exactly. It was like, well, I've I've only been living here for like a year, and 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 I've I've played like three times in in English, and I'm now I'm supposed to lead people, and 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 it, it would have been easy easier if I've been doing it for French or Spaniards or, or someone who were in the same situation as me. But it, it went really well. People didn't seem to pay much attention to the fact that I was kind of choosing my words carefully and 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 reading their response kind of overly sensitively so yeah it 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 almost it made me more comfortable because for from my perspective you were trying harder than most gms do okay yeah that might be Mm -hmm. yeah it really did i felt like i was cared for it 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 was um it was like i want to make this the best experience for my players and you had that stronger than most people because you felt out of your comfort zone yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's good because it is good to be outside. Yeah, and that's one of the I think the great things about being a, a GM is that you you are forced to organize things on the spot to manage people and and to manage expectations and and to 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 kind of play with a lot of complicated material, both mathematics and and rules wise, but also to be to be make good judgments. Meaning you have to read players and and kind of play 
to their desires, but only partially and so on. So I think it's, it's a wonderful way to learn how to manage. It's, it's great training. So for GMs who are like in their teens or, or, or something like that and want to, to learn a really useful skill for life, I think run D&D games is one of the best things they can do. I think we can agree with that. <laughs> I just chatted. I just chatted to you, Michael, to do the next bullet. But I just realized we haven't asked you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you said next bullet. I was like, Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian, Brian. Oh, <laughs> Brian. Know, I'm a professional podcaster. <laughs> um, so, no, he's not. <laughs> so you're a relatively new GM, Michael. Fairly new, yes. How do you, how would you describe the difference between playing and GMing? Uh. Perhaps. I mean, you've you've been you've been GMing. I mean, relatively new, relatively new to Pathfinder and D and D. Yes, for that, yes. Um, between playing and and prep work is uh, a lot more character sheets. <laughs> you you set up a lot uh, for uh, running stat blocks for you know stuff like NPCs and basically trying to stay a step ahead and and anticipation to me is a little bit more because as a player you 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 need to try and think ahead a little bit and see where things go and and make your decisions to on how to advance you know the story and get your goal but as as a gm you're you have to know the goal and then thinking uh, all the way up to to it and anticipate changes because as we all know your players are very uh very um well, I'm trying to sort. I'm trying to think of um, spontaneous, not spontaneous, but um, unpredictable. Unpredictable. Thank you. I don't know why that word escaped me. It, you know, most players are very unpredictable. Though you think they're going to do one thing, and they'll do 18 other things. Well, you've never had a player that's deliberately tried to disrupt your game. Yes, I've not had a derailing uh, player as of yet, and you know, I think lucky stars uh, that I haven't because I don't know how. I don't know if I would handle them very well with my with my level of experience as it is now daniel cross shout out to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh this is where he's laughing <laughs> but yeah i for you know the difference is you know plus the 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 story you're not fine as a gm you're not finding out someone's story you're letting people find out your story and it's really for me the difference is being able to see everybody's face when you make that big reveal rather than having somebody give you the big reveal and you make the face. So that's, you know, one of the things it, you know, for me is just, you know, finding the path and developing the story. But, you know, and there's, there's so many good things about, about tabletop games, but you know, what are maybe some of the bad things that we've, that you've like encountered with these games? Like it, I know it's something that not a lot of people like to think about was because it's, their favorite pastime, they, their hobby, they love to do it. But, you know, there's a, there's a few things out there that, you know, there are downsides like everything else in this world. You know, uh, Anna, what would, what would you think would be considered like a, one of the bad things about role-playing games? Uh, time sync. It's, it's, uh, it can, it can take up an excessive amount of time. Yeah. I think that that's one of the, the, uh, the, the downside. And I think another one is that if you are, are having hoarding tendencies in your life, you should probably stay away from it because there is like an <laughs> so enormous amount of, of stuff you can buy from books to dice to various like, like Brian Suskin, I went to him. If he had been a genuine hoarder, which I don't think he is, he, he has a healthy amount 
out of hordism in his character. So so then then it's perfect. But if you if you kind of excessive hoarder, then you're probably going to be divorced and 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 living in in, in a cave full of stuff, so to speak. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. So so it's kind of if you have those tendencies. So so that that might might be kind of but. I think those are and marginal because I think that people who have issues with that, whether they they're being they live someone, they have problems to begin with, so to speak. So I don't think that role playing games really that that people with certain type of of, of diagnosis and and psychological problems and stuff, they 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 probably they have problems already. But role playing games might not be the right thing for them, maybe. But on the other hand, so would not video games and poker and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, so yeah, yeah. But I, time sink is probably the the, the worst problem I can yeah, see. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. throw money out there too. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah, good point. It can yeah. be very money consuming. Time wise, mm-hmm. I I know my group doesn't meet. We won't meet up unless we can dedicate at least four hours. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, like that's our that's our usual runtime and uh, space wise and, and hoarding. I can tell you right now, if I didn't have my wife, I would probably have a room with nothing but dice and books in it. Yeah. Then you have groups like the Order of the Ember Die that organize three day long binges, marathon game sessions. Mm-hmm. How they get away with that? Flights to pull it off. Yeah, how they pull that off, I have no idea. And then you have, like, conventions. I mean, that's why David Theobald III isn't here. He's at Strategicon this weekend. Yeah, that's right. He is. Yeah. there, And and that's money, too. I mean, hell, we're going to PaisoCon in May, and we're dumping a good a bunch of money into that, including hotel and, and admission to the con. Well, you know, honestly... I, I do want to go to go to those, you know, at some point. So, and I know it's going to be a pretty penny to go to eat to any one of those, but I, I still really want to do that. And but that just brings up, you know, like you guys said before, you know, the point of money. Anna, it's not how a do you travel all over the place for, uh, I, without I have- spending a lot of money? I spend less money because a lot of it I get paid for, like badges and and hotel rooms and and stuff like that. A lot of cons because I work for companies, so I I help them at at conventions. So that kind of, but I still have to pay a lot of money out of pocket. But for me, it's a business expense because I can I can deduct that from my income, saying I need to go to these places to represent and and to make sure that I earn more money making maps. And so, that's not and that's not something you just do as a cartographer. You did some volunteering through other companies that have nothing to do with your cartography. Well, yeah, kind of. I companies that that I I kind of interact with and love their products and stuff. So I kind of <clears throat> devote some of my time doing it. And in in exchange, I, they 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 get me there and and they pay for the hotel room and batch. And that's quite a, a bit of help. That just that too. So yeah, yeah. And I did that too through um, mm-hmm. coordinating game yeah. conventions. Yeah. And some people do that just by working at sign-in desks or mm-hmm. doing yeah. security conventions. You can yeah. volunteer for all sorts of things. Yeah, And I get invited now. I'm, I'm invited as a guest of honor to Game Hole Con in, in late October, early November. So, yeah. So, so listeners, so- if you want to get invited as a guest of honor to, to a con, spend 20 years practicing as a fantasy cartographer, and you can yes. do what Anna did. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I bet anyone who, because it's not talent, it's brute force that <laughs> made me maybe maybe possible for me to 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 do this, so to speak. So it's just yeah, just keep doing it. If you love it, keep doing it. You will get good at it eventually. Good. <laughs> oh man. Um, 
but you know, Brian, for you, is there anything else you can think of for you know for this that you maybe you know a, a fair warning for somebody who wants to dedicate their time to a hobby such as tabletop gaming? I I think you know there's interpersonal conflicts that can happen, and you really have to educate yourself on how to handle that kind of thing. Um, Conflict one resolution. Of, one of the things that makes better players and GMs are people who are proactive about possible bad things about gaming. You know, you you plan your budget, you plan your time, and you plan your social interactions. You That's learn why how my games to once a month. Calmly talk to people and how to break up rough things. I'm you control the amount of alcohol people drink at your table. <laughs> I actually. Well, I where my very first games, I didn't allow any drinking as I was so new and I didn't want people to be like, like eight, like get like six beers in and be like, oh, I don't think we should be. I, I, I couldn't handle that. Now, I mean, I'm like, you can have a drink. It's like no drink to a drink. Uh, I, I do prefer more to no drinks. If you're going to drink, I, I prefer sodas. But remember the I, game at your house where we allowed unlimited alcohol and I ran the game. This sounds terrifying. <laughs> That's why Michael doesn't remember. <laughs> no. There were there were some outbursts, and it was it was calmly handled. And no, I do I do remember it. I do. Yeah, um, it was it, it and it wasn't Michael. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna spare the person who did. We're not. We're gonna spare names, yeah. but just there 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 was a moment where I think the yeah, like. I agree. I think Brian, you know, it wasn't really anybody's fault. It was just there was and there was an alcohol level involved and uh, uh, words not completely understood. And I now bringing that up, I'm going to you're bringing that up. I'm going to tell a different story about a time that I drank too much at the table and almost got in a fist fight with someone. Okay, now I want to hear this one. I know how um, the other, I know how our story went, but I want to hear this one. I um, drank too much at a table and almost got in a fist fight with someone. <laughs> wow, that's a that's really awesome, Brad. <laughs> um, we were playing a game that involved drinking. We were playing a uh, Pathfinder game that um, the GM introduced drinking game rules, and this was back in the day when I was drinking, and. Um, I had drank too much and other everyone else at the table had drank too much. And um, one player was being deliberately disruptive and I asked him to go outside. <laughs> oh my. Um, he was, it was just the kind of things that annoy people at the table. It was just elevated because of alcohol. They wanted to deliberately disrupt the game. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. And, um, and I wasn't thinking straight because of alcohol and, uh, fortunately, there was another player at the table who was sober who managed to break up the interaction by suggesting that the person who can drink a drink faster than the other person wins the argument. And we both agreed to that, and I won. <laughs> Yay! But yes, I threatened to knock out a guy's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is it is a moment I am not proud of. No, I can understand that completely. I can't. Skype oh. just said thank you very much for no reason, and it made me very nervous. Uh oh, no, that was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, because I just read your message about who nicely done. So I was just like, thank you. Oh. <laughs> and had one of those uh, suggested replies. So I was like, oh, I'll do that one. <laughs> I was like, Skype just popped up with it, and I was like, is it going to disconnect us? <laughs> yeah, reinstall the version or something. Yeah. So yeah, I think <laughs> the beast knows. I think controlling alcohol at a table is a good idea or, you know, playing with people, you know, you can hang out with drunk and nothing bad will happen. Um, 
I um in in um there were I've I've been at tables where people just completely zoned out because they were too drunk to play anymore. Well, I never had that problem, but on this, on the other, I don't drink myself, and and we know back in Sweden we read, well, occasionally someone had a beer maybe or something, but it was not something that was done excessively in any any way, shape, or form. And here I have only played with people that have been maybe had a beer, but alcohol has rarely played any any significance at the game table for me. Yeah. Going, there was a period in time where I was going to a lot of conventions and my drinking got a little crazy. Um, I gained a lot of weight and that scared me, so I gave it up. I haven't drank since 2015, and um, I am a lot happier now that I'm not, so I mm-hmm. never picked it up again. Yeah. But yeah, I think that can be one of the bad things about games. I think really alcohol at the table can be dangerous, so yeah. be careful so about too. that. Yep. Especially yeah. since you make up, you it's make believe, and and if people are mentally aware, so to speak, really, then then make believe become real. Yeah, I have to say that was a hard story to tell. I'm glad I shared it, but yeah, that was a that was yeah. not a proud moment for me. I'm table. glad you shared it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only had one incident at the table that was kind of bit spooky potentially violence that was when we played over at gmi games or we shouldn't make mention any games so you have to any names so so cut that out but we were playing in outside the game store and it was one of these uh, kind of people that lived down by the riverbed who came around and was asking for money or something and we didn't have any and maybe i stared at him wrong or something so he started to to get angry or whatever it was and 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 remember you brian and, and we all kind of stared at him and he realized after a while there was five against him so he kind of went off but he he kind of got angry i don't know what i did but i triggered something in him i don't remember that at all i can oh, good. I, yeah i'm okay with sharing the name of the game store um i mean we played there and they were a great place to play oh yes yeah um, gmi games in riverside i mean yep. that incident and had nothing to do with them it was exactly just, it was had nothing it was just that we were so many so we had to we had to game outside and in southern california kind of easy because the weather is yeah. good. So, yeah. You know, that kind of thing happens to me quite often. It's probably why I don't remember it. Um, uh-huh. yeah. I think we... I, yeah, I, I kind of remember. I think we all handled it pretty well. I think oh, yeah, we just, yeah. It, it was me who who got spooked, so I, I was kind of ready to jump on him, and, and he probably sensed it, so so we were kind of staring at each other, and he got real pissy. And knowing me, I probably wasn't worried about it at all. I probably was yeah. just sitting there going, yeah. oh, yep, another guy coming down to mm-hmm. cause trouble, and then, yep. yeah. Yep. So and then then he walked away. So that that's the only only kind of remotely bad situation I've had at a game table. We got angry when when we had to leave a game because the the GM was so bad and he oh, was basically yeah. assaulting us, and the whole table just unanimously walked away. But that was kind of a, a, a game related incident, had nothing to do with the real world in any way. So yeah. that that particular situation, I remember, mm-hmm. I had read the table. I was sitting there as the player reading the table as a GM. And everybody was unhappy. And I just yep. stood up yep. and said, hey, everybody, do you want to walk from this table? Yep, and the exactly. Went, I, I, you read my mind because I thought exactly the same thing. I was sitting next to you. And, and yep, I think we all were thinking the same thing. And because I think all of us were fairly experienced players, too. So so, so we were kind of, no, this is just crap. And he, he basically, he, he, 
he was trying to kill us all, so to speak, and use every rule against us, against our characters. He was really yeah, playing was, against you hard. Yeah, yeah, he was just using every advantage you can come up with to, to make our characters suffer, so to speak. That was not really in the adventure, I'm, I'm sure. My, my, I had a whole thing about that where GMs running high-level games want to give the players a challenge, but at the same time, a lot of them forget that the game is still supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I have played a high, and and you can kill the entire table and still have fun. Um, oh, I want to yes. make a shout yeah. out oh, yeah. to um, very prolific GM Eric Britton. He has been on our podcast years ago. Um, oh, I can. Eric is an amazing GM, and I want to say he is the only GM that I ever had that we all died and we all walked away happy. Yeah, and and my best uh, organized play session I've ever had, my character died, and you ran that adventure, Brian, and it was fantastic. We almost all of us got killed three times, and then the last encounter, my elven cleric or human cleric, she was, she died. But that that was still the best session I've ever had. It was fantastic. It was so it was much. A tricky fun. situation because Anna was playing a character that was lower level than the adventure. We did it by the rules, but she yep. ended up being a little lower level than everybody else yep. and the game dictated that i that the what the boss at the end of the adventure is supposed to focus on characters wearing religious icons and i yep. asked mm-hmm. anna if she was and she was and yeah yep. um but it was it was it was so good because it actually it kind of she she gave every, my character gave everything and 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 the adventure was successful at the end so it was it was it was fantastic it was yeah. it was such an awesome experience the whole thing so so that's another experience even when your character and and you can have a total party kill and it can be a great adventure so so role playing game is not about winning and i think if you have the mindset that you're going like poker or board game or something where you're supposed to win then you you're doing it wrong you're supposed to have fun while you're doing it and and it's not about holding points or or or, or scoring victories or something it's about having fun and together collaborate create a story and uh, i i want to just readdress like when we walked away from the table and i've been thinking i thought about this mm-hmm. a lot over yeah. the years and i know why that happened i know why that gm ran the game the way he did he misread the table he came ah. from a community where there's a lot of high level players that just mm-hmm. trounce through games and in their community they've really pushed the games hard to make a challenge for the players yeah and at our table, there were casual players. We weren't the kind of people who played like that. We all kind of made our characters and weren't we weren't trying to win. We were just trying to play. Mm-hmm. And he ran the game as if we were trying to win, and he made us lose. Yeah. And we didn't get to play the game like we wanted. And yeah. because we didn't get to play the game like we wanted, we all decided, well, we're not going to play it this way, and we left. Yeah. Yeah, because there was no room for role-playing. As soon as we tried to, to talk and do sort of social things in-game and stuff, he just threw some rules at us and, and, and screwed it up. And if he would have read the table, yeah. he, he would have known that, yeah. that it was a different style of game. It, mm-hmm. w- it really yep. was. It yep. was um, and I think, that, I think we all could have died in that game and still had fun if the game had more flavor and it wasn't just numbers being thrown at us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that illustrates the the thing that you need to have a multi-dimension thing. You need to to there needs to be a sort of uh, an element of of rule making and of, of math math and and kind of not winning or losing, but it needs structure. And so that's part of it. You can't just have improv like a theater when or or poetry reading. It needs to role playing games involves a certain rigid rule systems and and that puts a ritual into it, so to speak. That has has some sort of form and shape. But you also need to have a social side that that is kind of spiritual, kind of cool improv, kind of have fun, let go. And and is that balanced? That it's hard to strike it. And I think some players and some GMs don't really match. And and you need to find players that you can play with that kind of want the same thing. And and or within reason, so to speak. And and you can, there is a spectrum, so to speak. You can play it almost like a war game or a board game where, where you have rules and who wins and who gets the MacGuffin or whatever. Um, Michael, do you have anything about the negative things about role-playing games? Uh, for me, you guys really did touch it. No, we really did touch on them already, you know, you know, time-wise. Um, you know, you know and it's not even just like the time, having the time set aside to play. It's finding the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you know, there are some groups that can meet once a week and that's really great. I know those are like unicorns, but, and you know, like my group, you know, we, we have time maybe to, to play once a month. And that's because we of our schedules that we have and I have to plan it out. We have to plan out very far ahead events for me because of how my work is. I either have to request, um, the evening or I have to just wait till a Friday lines up like a Friday or a Saturday lines up for myself because of how my schedules are written. So it's, you know, finding the time is, is hard and it, which makes it very hard because when you have something like this that you love, you know, you, you really want to do it and play it because it's something you love. But when your time is not completely put together, like you like, it just becomes tricky. So it's, so it's, it's one of the downsides and, you know, I don't want to end on a on a downbeat and like being like, oh, this is so consuming. It's just I do want to say, you know, kind of quickly that that those are some of the bad things. But the bad things are completely outweighed by all the good things, because we've even when we're talking about the bad things, we got there were some really good stories from you, Anna and you, Brian, that uh, these like even during these bad things, you had good experiences, you know. Yeah, uh, you talked about a bad, uh, not a well, not really a bad GM, but like a, a very rough GM who made the game not fun for you guys, and you walked away from the table. But then you talked about the time you guys had a TPK or a total party kill, and you loved it, and you had a great time. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of the good outweighs the bad on this, but there are just some things that people, well, that, anything else in life, you have to get past. I think the bad kind of adds to the good as well, because, I mean, Anna and I have milked that story about us walking away from the table a mm-hmm. hundred oh, times. I mean, exactly. We, I we consider it a good memory. Mm-hmm. We we yep. made a decision to leave the table, and that's that's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. When you're at a table that you're not having fun at, that's when you walk away from that table, and yep. we did that. Yeah. So you, even that, you, you've turned to a good memory and a, and a point of lesson to show that you that even though this person's supposed to be the game master, you still have your control. And if you're not having fun, you don't have to to sit there and deal with it. So I, I, that's really that is that's really great. And I know we could sit here and talk more about this. And I know we wanted to talk about favorite settings, but I don't think we're going to be able to get to that. But 
you know, this is something that we can totally come back to, especially with you, Anna, your, your wealth now, of knowledge and your one ability. One of the great things about topics that we don't get time to talk about is we do a bonus episode on the Patreon, and we're going to be able to talk about all the role-playing game settings that we love, and we'll do that on the bonus episode. There you go. That's great. But for first, now, but for now, I think it's time for us all to check out. And, and uh, did you hear about that one movie? Now, Anna, this is a game we started playing. Oh, um, okay. We've done movie described <laughs> badly with you mm-hmm. before. Yes, um, and I but, won it once. I never, never, ever thought I would win that one, but <laughs> I won it once. Yep. Well, for time's sake, we changed this game, and we also made it a little easier to come up with movies. Mm-hmm. Instead of describing a movie badly in detail, now we just talk about that one movie. Now, have you ever heard anybody describe a movie by saying, have you ever seen that mo- one movie with that one person that did that one thing in it? Um, I'm going to describe a movie like that, and then we'll try to guess the movie. So for um, that one movie where Tim Curry played the devil and Tom Cruise um, killed a witch, can you guess what that movie is? Legend. Yeah, it must be Legend. <laughs> or you can explain See, it this way. You remember that guy who he he played uh, he played the 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 transsexual transvestite from transsexual Transylvania and the guy from all the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, they were in it. Like one of them was the devil, and the other guy killed a witch. And that's another way to describe legend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Michael, do you got one of these? Uh, I got to think of one. I got to think of one. Come back to me. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say um, that one movie where um, Haley Joel Osment sees dead people. Six cents. Nope. AI. Ah. <laughs> ah. Yeah. You're right. He does see. De- he would be able to see dead people <laughs> as he wakes up a thousand years in the future with the aliens. They're not aliens. They're advanced AI. Those are advanced AI. Yeah, they were the evolution of AI in the future. I always David thought they were aliens. I always no, thought they were aliens. aliens. They're advanced AI. It's explained very clearly in the movie. I, you know how long ago I watched this me, and I and I was just amazed that there were these beings talking to him. So I probably just missed it. Oh, I watched a whole analysis on that the other day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I have to go back and see the and watch it again. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen AI and Anna? Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked oh, it. Oh, it was great. Such a good movie. Pinocchio. Yep. Yeah, pretty much the blue for the straight up blue fairy even. It wasn't until yeah. my third watch through that I realized that the the guy they go see the the professor guy they go see who's just a floating holographic head was Robin Williams. It took me three times watching through to realize and that was him. That scene that. gets a lot of gr- grief for being very um, Spielberg. Yeah. Um, Stanley Kubrick wrote and directed that scene before he died. Ooh, really? That was a Stanley Kubrick scene. Yeah. Whoa! I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a very lighthearted scene. You wouldn't expect it to be Stanley Kubrick, but I mean, no, this is the guy would... who did um, Doctor Strangelove, so he can do comedy. This is true. This is very true. Wow. Um, that one movie. Um, let me think about this. Um, that one movie where people go on a long walk to. Oh no, that's too easy. I just say long walk, and everybody thinks what? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Um, the movie was so long even the trees walked (laughs) well the movie about the MacGuffin Um, (laughs) that that one movie where um, a little girl gets on a bus cat to go to the spirit world no I don't get that my neighbor Totoro (laughs) yeah it's an anime or my neighbor Trejo (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you hang that up yet? Um, yeah, it's, I'm looking at it right now. That's yeah. why I thought of that. Okay. I got one. I got one. Did you see that one where that one movie where uh, the one guy who played in a movie he played in a wheelchair, he like he's he's like taking people and there's like a ton of people, but you don't really see a ton of people. And there's like, yeah. And it's like a secret and it's like a secret backdoor sequel thingy. Oh, um, no, I don't get. Oh, God, I don't know. X-Men. No, split. (laughs) Oh, split. The guy who in one movie plays like he's in a wheelchair. Uh, oh God, you, oh, you did it that way. You made it, made me think it was (laughs) X-Men. Oh, that just confused Anna. I know that just confused Anna because she (laughs) hasn't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen Split yet? Do you want to take a stab at this game, Anna? I was just thinking, but the problem is that you've seen so many more cool movies than I have. So I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of so it's more out to the description. I was thinking if I, I made Top Gun last time, make made fun. So, so, so that way I'm, I'm thinking I should. Um, a set of movies about magic that can be dark or light, and the um, the the dark side is much cooler than Star Wars. The, I got it yeah. before you said dark yeah. side. <laughs> Yeah, what she yeah, said. Yeah. The moment I should, she said, "I shouldn't, I shouldn't have dark." That damn, I screwed up. That's okay. Yep. I'm no, I'm no, I'm, no, I'm worse no, than the good. movies. That this. was good. That was really good. That was. You really fooled good. us with Top Gun, Top Gun, but we'll we'll have you on again, and we'll give you another chance now that you're familiar yeah. with the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, watch more yeah, movies. Yep, <laughs> I need to watch more movies. I'm I'm on par with you guys. Yep. <laughs> I think I, got I would never Star get part of the second you said a set of movies, but only because I know you so well. I got it. I got it because you said sometimes the dark is cooler, and I was like, yep. Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Um, well, we need to get through our wrap-up quickly so we have time for our bonus episode. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a few announcements, but let me give the that honor to our guest first. So, Anna, is there anything you would like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote uh, – I have a new website, and the final version that I will – of my Flanese map, the latest version, I, it went under the um, acronym of 2018, but since it took until 2019 to have it done, it will come out now. And, and I will hopefully post it today, the uh, the new version that will – that I think it's a really good update with about 300 or so updates on it. What's the new website? Uh, it's uh, ghmaps.net. It's just that and, and annabmeyer.com. You can reach it using both URLs. So I just had to revamp the website completely and, and I've, I've set it up a new new uh, website. And, and so I worked on WordPress for a few weeks and, and got it up up and running. And now I'm going to post the, the new final version of my map that I'm going to – the new update that is going to live for another year or so. And listeners, you can you can back Anna on Patreon. Where is that, Anna? Uh, it's uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash Anna B. Meyer. And Anna's Patreon has some of the most amazing maps. I've shared these on the page before, and I'll share some more when we're when we're doing promotion for this episode. Um, one of the things is her new Greyhawk project is so amazing looking where it actually kept the spirit of the old D&D campaign maps, but they look up to date like they were taken by satellite photography. They're absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the goal to try and make uh, inspirational, useful maps for people who want to play in, in the Greyhawk setting. So 
Um, my announcements, um, I want to promote NanoCon. You can find out about NanoCon at NanoCon.co. I'm going to be making a an appearance at that convention in Longview, Washington. We're going to um, going to be doing some interaction with Doug Jones, actor from The Shape of Water. Oh, my and, God. I mean, what? <laughs> um, we also have some very special guests coming up. Um, on our next episode, we're going to have Jeff Jeff Ashley, writer of the Frontier comic, and we're going to be talking about that comic. We just received a Love trade from him yesterday that we haven't read yet. Um, so um, we've read the f first few issues of his comic, but now we get to read the whole series, and we're really excited about that. We'll be talking about that more in the future. Um, we also just yesterday talked with, and I'm going to say this quickly because Michael's going to start squealing in the background. Um, what is it? What is it, Brian? It is Puffin Forest, um, <gasps> the YouTuber who does um, stories about Dungeons and Dragons, a very <gasps> popular YouTuber. Um, um, he's going to be on in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, those are, my, those are my announcements. Uh, Michael, wrap us up. I don't know if I can. I'm really excited now because I like Ben from Puffin Forest, and he's really cool, and he's got funny stories, and he made an evil Pokemon character. Do you want me to take this over? You might have to. Okay. No, so, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So today we talked with Anna Meyer about tabletop RPGs and all the things we really liked about them and how there were some differences. And it was actually an all around good conversation. And of course, it normally is with Anna Meyer because she's just, she's such a wealth, uh, a well of wonderful knowledge. And we love having you on, Anna. So much. I love to be here. Yeah. It's so good. To, it's so good. And, I had a lot of fun, and you know, of course, like any other to like any other topic that we have with you, you know, we're gonna have to do another episode because it's really good, and we're gonna have some bonus episodes for it too. So if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, you should go ahead, draw, drop us a few bucks if you can. No worries if you can't, and just hear some of the extra goodness that we're able to put out for you guys. And you know, this has been our show. I've been your host, Special Mikey, along with me was Super Vegan Brian. Goodbye, nurse and fantasy cartographer Anna Meyer. Bye, everyone. And that's our show. And as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Uh, Brian, open up the portal so we can tell Anthony to shut up and cut him off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>